And welcome to another episode of Empty the Playbook. Another exciting week in the NFL. I know I say that every week, but at the minute there just always seems to be news going on. Even with the draft now past us, there's still trade rumours and sign-ins and different things going on uh, that keep spicing up our lives. So, um can't wait to get stuck into that, but before we do, obviously, we've got to check in with the boys. Thornsey, how's it going, mate? How's your week been? Been good, thank you. Um, same as normal, really, just, just working, relaxing a little bit, and just trying to get out. It's been one of them crazy weeks where the weather's been really nice some days, and then, like, just rain constantly on other days. So yeah, honestly, it's, like, it's, not, it's not even, like, day by day, it's, like, hour by hour. Yeah, like I think it was Sunday, it was like 20 degrees, went to the library in shorts and a t-shirt and walked back in the soaking rain. Yeah. Like, it was like hot rain, you know, when it's like raining yeah. and you're sweating and, and it's like, what's going on? Yeah, the, um, we- the weirdest kind of weather I've had like that is when I went to Florida when I was younger and just like you step out of the, the airport and like the doors open and you feel the humidity like yeah. hit you in the face. And yet, yeah, it's chucking down with rain. You're like, what is this? It's the weirdest so thing. Weird. Yeah. 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 Oh, it, was just, it was just really strange. Um, <laughs> also, I accidentally color-coded my mask and T-shirt and shorts. So I was like completely color-coded, completely by accident. <laughs> and I was like, I was walking around the library looking for books. And I felt like such a tool just wearing like, because it was all UEA colors as well. Oh, it was horrendous. <laughs> There's nothing worse than the guy like fully merged out with his uni stuff. Honestly, oh, oh, yeah, no. It wasn't like stylishly color coordinated. It was just like this is travesty. <laughs> oh, there you go. If there was ever a metaphor for our lives, um, <laughs> uh, there it is. Uh, uh, talking of um, <laughs> people that don't have their life in check, Chaplin. Uh, How you doing, mate? You okay? How's your week been? Thank you very much for the introduction, Miss Daniel Williams. It has been a decent <laughs> week for me. Um, I received this today. I'm showing you two, but obviously the viewers can't can't see it because they're only listening. I got a a weird little Nando's thing. Not this. Not that this is a hashtag ad, but uh, yeah, it's like a little Nando's keychain that you can that you can fill up with a Nando sauce, which is which was a lovely surprise today. Uh, other news. I remember uh, last week's podcast when I was listening to it back. I said uh, I had a dead leg from the game. Of rugby that I played a couple of weeks ago. I went to the doctors because I still had a dead leg like a week later. Uh, it turns out I've torn to my muscles and damaged a tendon band down my leg. So uh, in my classic injury prone ways, I'm, I'm done for the season. <laughs> so yeah, sorry, so I, I wasn't meant to laugh, but my instinct was to laugh because you are the worst person for catching an injury like by accident and then not even knowing about it. I think that's happened to you. I'm just the worst for identifying injuries. Yeah, <laughs> to, to give, I've got a slight pain in my leg. Oh, oh, it's in two. It's broken. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. To give the viewers some context, uh, I, I, I broke my, uh, I fractured my feet, uh, my fibula, not femur. That'd be really bad. I fractured my fibula playing a game 
of American football and I, I was convinced that it was fine. I just in, tweaked my muscle and then someone pointed out the muscle was on the higher part of my leg and the pain was on the lower part. So I went to a doctor and turns out, yeah, it was a fracture. But, you know, we, we, we live we live and we, we learn. We look back, <laughs> try and learn. Um, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been an interesting week for me. Uh, I, I worked the weekend, did a 25-hour weekend working, which was obviously, you know, Axe the grindstone to use the correct expression. <laughs> as I know, as I know you love it. Um, but yeah, not, not not like it's just been a decent week, you know. I've done a done a bit of this, done a bit of that, you know. Uh, just enjoying being able to, you know, have some more fun out here, you know. But the real question, the real pertinent question that all the viewers are wondering, Daniel, is how has your week been? Uh <laughs> Thanks. Um, it's nice to hear that from you rather than nobody cares uh, for a change, which is uh, lovely. Thank you, chaps. Um, I, I've had a really nice week. Thanks. Nothing um, exciting to report. Um, again, the joints of being the one that isn't in uni anymore. Not that you guys aren't working. You're obviously grinding for a yeah, kind of end of year stuff. But yeah, my uh, my job is taking up most of my time at the minute. Um, but it's nice. I'm kind of getting a bit more used to it now and um, understanding more of what my job role is and it's nice i'm I, i'm feeling like i'm i'm getting a bit better at it uh which is nice um i did also like you're molding the minds of the youth well i was just about to say i i did convince one of the children basically i got fed up last 10 15 minutes of the day yesterday and so when i found a rugby ball to chuck about in just like in my hands obviously we were inside and I've still got to be like you're not allowed to throw balls inside even though I was just like chucking it in my in my own hands um and as the kids sort of this was at home time so it was at the end of the day as the kids sort of slowly but surely started going um there was two children left and one of the children went to me um why do you have a, a rugby ball in your hands sir uh, and I was like oh I'm just getting ready and they were like what ready for what and I was like, oh, basically, when all of you leave, all the teachers, we meet up in the uh, like uh, main hall of the school. We pick teams and then we have like a rugby match outside after the sc- uh, after school's over. And he went, no, you're lying. And my TA came around the corner and went, sir, you nearly ready? She'd heard the obviously the whole conversation go on. And she went, sir, have you got the rugby ball ready for the match? And he went, oh, my God, it's true, like that, and went in, ran in back into the class to the other uh, child that was still there and went, you'll never believe what the teachers do, like that. Oh, it was class. Um, So, yeah, in summary, I'm a great role model for the children of the future. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, that's the sort of... What life you lead, Mr Daniel Williams, what life you lead. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, that's going to be the the final line of my uh, autobiography. (laughs) What a life I lead. Um, but yeah, um, glad to hear you're uh, having uh, good weeks, boys. I hope uh, you're keeping up with your sport, and unless you've you know got a fractured femur or fibula, whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> um, it's only torn muscles now. Oh, but... sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh well. We're, we're, yeah, we're, fractured we're, fibula was so two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> was it? Actually, no, it was last year. No, it was two years ago. It was in my second year. Oh, uh, what? In your second year. Yeah, your your third year. Come on, figure this yeah. out. Yeah, no, I I've done it. I just didn't realise it was your second year. I thought it was. Uh, I thought you were older, more wiser. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I've lost track of the conversation here. Really. Um. Anyway, right. 
Nice to hear from you, boys. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. And, of course, as always, let's get stuck into the news. News in the NFL this week. A couple of headlines that I want to kind of uh, look into. The main headline over the past couple of days is obviously the schedule for next season has been released for a the first time ever. A, oh, it might not be the first time ever, actually. But a 17-game season across 18 weeks. Very, very exciting. Lots of match matchups to look forward to. Um, of course, I think my one that I'm most excited about, even though it's my least favorite team playing against my least favorite player, as I've made abundantly clear over the, the past however many episodes of the podcast. Tom Brady returning to Gillette to play against the Patriots. I cannot wait. It is on at like 20 past one in the morning here. It's the late, it's the Sunday night football game, I think, of week four. So it means I'll have to record it. But um, even so, cannot wait. That should be an absolute barnstormer. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have got some matchups that you want to bring up in a second. Uh, other things to note from that Bucks Pats game tickets have already gone on sale on Ticketmaster. And the cheapest currently you're looking at is $1,400 on Ticketmaster for that match, obviously. Um, I just thought that was a really nice, interesting tidbit to chuck in there. Um, other things that have happened this week. Uh, one former Jaguar being signed somewhere. Blake Bortles going to the Green Bay Packers. That could be interesting going forward amidst the Aaron Rodgers drama that's going on at the minute. Somebody signing for the Jaguars. So somebody coming in the door. Mr. Timothy Tebow, the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh going to play tight end for the Jaguars. I think we talked about that last week as a potential rumour, uh, but they have officially signed him now, um, which is really, really <laughs> interesting to see. Um, I'm sure there's linebackers across the country that can't wait to <laughs> ruin his his return to the NFL. Um, Tamba Hali, um, defensive end, linebacker, outside linebacker for the Chiefs, uh, officially retired. I thought he tired, retired a couple of years ago, I'll be honest, but uh, returned to the Chiefs, signed a one-day uh, deal, and then retired there, uh, which was an interesting story. Uh, and one sort of kind of positive community community kind of story, uh, Cam Jordan of uh, obviously the New Orleans Saints uh, has teamed up with uh, a non-profit organization called the Crescent City Corps, uh, and they're going to work with uh, local police to give police officers opportunities in leadership development and uh, community engagement training as well. They started it in 2019 and worked with 10 officers and they're hoping to work with uh, over 80 uh, New Orleans police officers over the next two years. Uh, so that was quite a nice story, um, community-based, um, but it's good that like you know players are giving back to their communities and things like that and working with um, the local communities on issues, or not issues, but you know things that are important to the local area and beyond. Um, so that's kind of the main headlines for this week. Anybody got anything to say or what? <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot the schedule came out this week. Like I don't, I said it in the chat earlier and then forgot to even look at it till just now, which doesn't make me sound professional. So I'm going to say I've been looking at it all week. And um, the game I'm really excited to see is the Rams playing the Lions on week seven. I think that thing is so cool. Like, how often is it you see QBs swap for each other in off season and then come back and play each other 
like the next the next year. I think that's gonna be so cool. I think the Rams are gonna smoke them, but you know it'll be it'll be cool nonetheless to see to see how Stafford and Goff play. Um, I didn't know about the Cam Jordan thing, but that's really interesting. That's kind of a bit of what I'm doing my dissertation on, kind of. So I'm not gonna get into that now because I cannot. I've been doing it all day and I can't be bothered now, but. That yeah, it's really cool to see to see athletes doing more than like they're they're going out into their community and helping out and using their their platform in that way to make a change and make a difference. It's really cool to see. Um, and yeah, I think that was it from, from the news. But yeah, you did such a good job. I've got nothing else to say. Uh, I guess it's my turn then. So um, no, that's it. We're moving on. Thanks. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Don't blame you, really. Um, yeah, so yeah, pre- pretty, pretty like not a slow news day, but there's been a couple big stories. But I don't think there's been too many stories going on. But yeah, obviously Tim Tebow is a big is a big one. Uh, so I've actually got a couple uh, couple tidbits to throw out about the last time Tebow was in the NFL. Uh, last time Tebow was in the NFL, uh, Joe Flacco was uh, was a great player and led the Ravens to Super Bowl. The Chiefs finished 2-14 and 14 and secured the number one overall pick. Adrian Peterson was MVP. RG3 was Rookie of the Year. And Ganyam Style was the first video to hit a billion views on uh, YouTube. So just to put it in perspective how long he's been out playing baseball and whatever he's been up to. But the uh, I think, yeah, so I excluding like the, the sort of uh, Tebow news, because I know there might be an article that we be worth reading on that coming out soon, I'm sure. But... Uh, just thinking about the Blake Bortles news, I think it's an interesting one because I, I don't know what it hints towards the Aaron Rodgers news because uh, I don't know how much they're paying him, but Blake Bortles, you'd think, is a backup QB, not really a third-string QB. And obviously, they've got Jordan Love who they only drafted last year. So unless they've really fallen out of love with Jordan Love, you start to wonder, does that mean they know that Rodgers is gone? Like, I know Rodgers has said he doesn't want to play for the Packers and all of this, but a lot of people say they're never going to play for a team again and then wear that uniform a couple months later. Uh, so, yeah, the, the move to cut to sign Bortles, if I was a Packers fan, if I was someone called, say, Isaac Hamlin, for instance, and I supported the Green Bay Packers, I would be quaking in my boots right now. So, yeah, that's, that's all I really have to say on that, is just be wary, because I think that Bortles signing, might, might, there might be more to meet the eye than meets the eye on that one. Um, I got distracted by the fact that you just brought up a random person's name. Um, <laughs> whoever this Isaac Hamlin is, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think of all the kind of trade rumors we've heard over this past off season of Deshaun Watson, before obviously his uh, legal issues, before um, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers moving. Although Green Bay, you know, have made it abundantly clear they don't want to move him. I feel like Aaron Rodgers is the most likely to move out of all of those. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's like situation has changed because of everything going on. And uh, Russell Wilson's kind of settled and, well, he might not have settled, but, you know, there's not been any rumours for weeks and weeks and weeks now. Um, but the Aaron Rodgers thing has been going on for a year and I'm, I'm sure if anyone can hold a grudge, it's Aaron Rodgers. So uh, if anyone's moving, I feel like it could be Aaron Rodgers. And we'll have to see in the weeks going forward, just please don't go to the AFC West. Like, 
sorry, Thorns, I know you probably want him in uh, Oakland, but if he goes um, in Oakland, in Las Vegas, but if he goes to Denver, the Raiders are stuffed. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so we'll see going forward. Um, and you raise a good point, Thorns, about um, exciting QB matchups uh, this year. There's obviously like, uh, well, obviously we got uh, Tom Brady going back to the Patriots, which I know isn't a quarterback matchup, but um, if Mac Jones is playing by then, it could be the, you know, the their favourite son against the heir apparent if Mac Jones is playing. And um, you've got like you said, Goff Stafford, you've got um, you've got pick one playing pick two, you've got Trevor Lawrence playing Zach Wilson in uh, week 16, I think it is. Um, Herbert is playing Joe Burrow again. Um, there's loads. Uh, uh, there was another one that I thought of off the top of my head and it's gone now. Uh, it might come back to me. But there's, there's just loads of exciting matchups uh, to look forward to this season. Um, should be a really good season. Uh, looking at the schedules um but yeah um cool thanks boys uh that was the news right so moving forward as kind of free agency and uh, the draft are now complete and we head into the the weird kind of in-betweeny bit of the uh off season not yeah the off season really uh looking to forward towards next season we want to have a crack at some way too early 2022 predictions uh and we're looking at kind of like awards throughout the season and you know who we teams we think are going to do well uh, and we're going to give you different categories that uh we're going to look into and give you our picks if you've got your own picks let us know um but yeah we're excited to get stuck into this and and give you our opinions on why we think these guys or these teams are going to be smashing it in 2022 so <laughs> we're gonna do this draft style uh, and we're gonna go in order of i think if he can be sensible we'll start with shaps first and then we'll go thornsey and then we'll go myself uh i will give you the category each round and then uh we'll go around that way and yeah to start us off for his predictions for MVP for the 2022 season, Edward Chapland. Well, thanks for such a lovely introduction, Mr. Daniel. You're going to say that every time I pass, <laughs> pass it to you. Yes, <laughs> Twice this episode. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, so for MVP, I had a couple ideas in mind. Obviously, there's a couple boring shouts. There's your, oh, I like Pat Mahomes. I can pass without looking, even without an O-line. Like, yeah, it's a bit boring, but there's someone who I genuinely thought watching week one and week two, I thought he was in the MVP race, completely fell off the cliff. Uh, slightly big outside shout, but you look at a lot of uh, a lot of sophomore QBs to sort of like second year QBs have been uh, have been winning have been winning MVP. So I'm going to give it to a junior QB or a third year QB. Uh, have you got any guesses, by the way, if I say third year QB that I think might suddenly explode for MVP? Uh, I feel like you're leaning towards Mr. Kyler Murray. I am. I am. I, I look at Kyler Murray play. And I remember, I think I was sat watching the uh, watching Red Zone with uh, Mr. Edward Thorns. Uh, and I remember we were both just gushing over his play because it was 
it was outstanding. Like at times he looked like he couldn't miss a pass. Uh, <laughs> at times it looked like he couldn't miss a pass. His running was outstanding. Uh, and the way he runs as well from his baseball background, I don't see him as someone who's good. Oh, this could be a really bad take. I don't see him as someone who's likely to get injured because the, despite him being a running QB, his sliding ability, I think, is completely unmatched in the NFL. I think he's the best quarterback at sliding in the NFL because if you look at him, second someone's near him or he wants to go down, he's down in a heartbeat. Like, there's no, he, if it comes to unnecessary contact, he won't take it. Like, despite being a dual threat QB, if you look at how often he actually gets hit, it's next to nothing. It's next to no, he gets hit more from sacks than he does from actually running with the ball. And I think his passing's there. His team is really good. Like the Cardinals as well. I think they've got stacked defense, which means he's going to be on the field more. Uh, yeah, his stacked defense is his stacked defense means he's going to be on the field a lot. He's got good offensive weapons around him. And I feel like the Cardinals last like they sort of started hot, like I said, when I was looking at Kyler Murray going, oh, that's he could be an MVP, he could be the next Lamar Jackson, the next um the next Pat Mahomes to be the next uh, soft, uh, sophomore QB to win to win uh, the MVP. But obviously he fell off a bit. But I, I think he's going to be back with a vengeance. I can't lie. I can see Kyler, you know, sort of sort of throwing some spice into the league where it look it might look a bit dry, like hung and dry, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be between Mahomes. It's going to be between Mahomes, Brody, Rogers, if wherever Rogers ends up. But I can see Kyler Murray being that guy who you didn't think of it, but then just suddenly is on the scene and he's explosive and ready to go. That's obviously a less sure take. That's one that can be, that can go either way. But, you know, that's one that I think could happen. Kyler Murray MVP. Sweet. Yeah, I, I agree. I didn't really think about Murray when I was doing this, but... I, I, I completely agree. And I, I remember a game last year against the 49ers where he had, I think, 13 rushing attempts and he didn't get tackled once. Like, just to, to go off, go on the back of your um, comment about him being great at evading contacts, you know, it's a marvel. And for us injury-prone guys, it's probably something we should learn as well. But, well, um, after you have gone, made it a... Uh, oh, God, let's start again. After you made it such a important point in your speech to say how you don't like boring picks, I'm still going to pick Patrick Mahomes because he is the best quarterback in the league right now, potentially for the next forever. Like, I don't even need to sit here and talk about why he's great. If you watch him play a game, you'll see why he's great, why people say he's going to be MVP. Coming off a Super Bowl loss as well, he's going to be even more motivated. And Kansas, like, they lost their tackles, but they haven't really lost much outside of that. He's still got Tyreek Hill, he's still got Clyde Edwards Hilaire, he's still got Travis Kelsey, he's still got Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy as his, as his OCs. Like, I think it's a no brainer. And so, because it's a no brainer, I'm going to throw another guy in the mix, Dak Prescott. He is that offense is stacked and Dak was playing so well until he got injured this year. He's got more guys coming back. He's got Zeke who's looked apparently electric this off season. He's got CD lamb coming into his soft man year to, and it's just going to get even better. He's also got Amari Cooper, one of the best receivers of the last few years. He's got still got Michael Gallup. Like he's just 
he, he's primed for, for a huge season. And, you know, maybe his injury is going to slow him down a little bit. But what we've seen in, in NFL history is that, you know, it doesn't really matter how you start the season. It's all about how you finish it. And if that gets healthier and healthier and healthier and the Cowboys keep playing well, he's going to put up lots of numbers and it's going to be right in the middle of the, the MVP uh, debate. So there are my two picks. On to you, Dan. Nice. I really like the Dak pick. He was someone actually I was thinking about as well. Um, and kind of, I can't remember who I was talking about earlier, uh, about being behind. They're going to need to be throwing it a lot. Um, oh, I think it was in our, our pre-recording conversation. Uh, but the Cowboys, they I mean, they've added uh, Micah Parsons, but I mean, that defense is still going to be conceding a lot of points. So they're going to need to be thrown it a lot. So Dak is going to be needed to make those big clutch plays. And like you said, he's got the offense to do it, which is really, really um, puts him in a good spot to succeed this season in a not-so-good division. Um, cool. Right. I have gone for a similar approach to you, Thorns, in the fact that I've gone for someone that I think is a strong candidate. I've gone for kind of a sleeper, and then I've gone for a super sleeper um, because Shap's got to pick two for whatever... <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I get in trouble whenever I pick two for something. And now you're coming out picking three. Fawnsy picked two for this. I didn't pick two. I just gave an honourable mention. And you're coming out here picking three. Yeah, but that's because me and Thornsy do the work before the show and you turn up and hope for the best. That's a lie. And you know it. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I'm breaking the rules because you got to last week. So I'm having my turn to break the rules. And then we'll go back to normality next week. Um... <laughs> uh probably not let's be honest it's always a bit of a throw together um so yeah for all of our kind of categories throughout the uh, our predictions i've gone for a strong candidate a sleeper and a super sleeper um my strong candidate again sorry shouts just to put the final nail in the coffin uh patrick mahomes is going to be mvp this season um they sorted the o-line as much as i know i hated on those picks uh, a few weeks ago joe tooney and um Carl Long, the Orlando Brown trade for me was just class. Like that, they're set there now um, for a good few years with Orlando Brown. Uh, he's just going to be fantastic. Um, and an upgrade on uh, what they had. Um, so, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is my strong candidate. Um, my sleeper pick is someone that, again, kind of like uh, Shap said about Kyler Murray, was in the MVP uh, race last year uh, and maybe fell off a bit, but I think him and his team are going to achieve similar sort of things this season, if not better. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, really came into his own uh, last year and I think he's just going to continue to succeed. Uh, they've got a year under their belt now with Stefan Diggs. Um, they need... I just really like what they're doing uh, and I think Josh Allen has got used to that offence. Uh, they keep Brian Dable at OC. Um, so we talked about kind of Mahomes having that consistency with Reed and Biennemi and, you know, all the same guys. Um, the, uh, the fact that they get to keep Brian Dable at OC and continue to do great things is just really exciting. So Josh Allen was my sleeper. And my super sleeper is um, someone you've already talked about, Thorns, is Matt Stafford. I think the Matt Stafford, um, Sean McVay connection. And I mean, there's a reason this is a super sleeper. But I think the Matt Stafford and Sean McVay connection is going to be something that is going to flourish quite nicely this season. Whether he puts himself in the MVP conversation, who's to say? But I really like what they're doing. And I think 
if they if they hit the ground running, Matt Stafford could be a five k uh, passing yards player this season. Um, and yeah, okay. Um, right. So the next category we've got after MVP is Super Bowl matchup. The two teams that we think are going to be meeting in the Super Bowl this year. Obviously, one from the AFC and one from the NFC. Uh, if you didn't know how the Super Bowl worked. <laughs> um, Chaplin, back to you with the first pick of round two. Righty-ho. <laughs> Mid-jellypot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm about three quarters done. Um, anyway, so jellypot aside, my, uh, my pick for the Super Bowl is on the NFC side. I think it's oh, it's it's a tough one because my NFC side, if I knew that Rogers was going to stay, it would be Green Bay. So I want to put like an asterisk, Green Bay asterisk if Rogers stays, if they don't the Bucks. Uh, because I think the Bucks, I, I genuinely think the Bucks might suffer a bit of a uh, post Super Bowl slump. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. Uh, obviously, they came alive more down the stretch. They struggled a bit at the start. But I think, I know we've said it for year, every year it gets said, but obviously time eventually is going to catch up with Brady. We did see it last year. His deep throwing's not there as much. He's more of a like progression read sort of quarterback now, but he obviously is the best brain in the NFL for quarterback reads and stuff like that. And I don't think that's ever going to go from him. He'll always be the sharp reader. It's just when his mid-ball goes and he's only really got the short option, that's when I think you're going to see real issues uh, occur with the Bucs. But, yes, yeah, so I think the Bucs aren't going to be as good as last year. But I don't see a true challenger next year, like, ready to go other than Green Bay. But that's only if they have um, Rodgers. So my asterisk is Green Bay with Rodgers or the Bucs. Uh, and then carrying on from that, the AFC. Well, there's only one team I'm picking from the AFC to go to the Super Bowl, and it is your mighty. Uh, Dan just muted me there, but it is your mighty Cleveland Browns. Um, they've got the best roster in the NFL. The weakest part of their roster is probably Baker Mayfield, and that says a lot when I think Baker Mayfield's a very good QB, and I think he's also he's the weakest spot on the roster except for maybe kicker and punter. But, like, if you go through, like, the offensive and defensive rosters, like, they've got a top 10 player in pretty much every position. It's a joke. Like, it's a genuine joke. So, the Browns are going to... The Browns will only not make it if they're the Browns, basically. If they pull a, if they pull a full Browns and completely uh, sort of uh, capitulate and implode, that's the only way I don't see them making the Super Bowl. So, yeah, my Super Bowl matchup is the Browns versus Green Bay with Rodgers or the Browns versus the Brady Bucks. I'd also like to add, when I talk about the Brady Bucks and I say they're going to have a slump, I do think they're going to have a slump. I think they're not going to be... I don't even know if they're going to win their division next year, maybe. But I think Brady in the playoffs, you can't question. And I think his clutchness will come through down the stretch. And I think they're going to have a run. Which is why I think it's going to take a super team like the, um, not a super team necessarily, but like a big name team like the um, uh, Rogers Packers to beat them. But yeah, other than that, so that's my matchup. My matchup does have an asterisk in it and a uh, caution because if Dan gets to break the rules, so do I. Um, cool, thank you. I'll, I'll carry on with the narrative about Brady and go straight to Tampa Bay and say they're my pick for the NFC. 
it's like they're bringing everyone back. Brady's been there, done there, done it. Like and like you said, you can't count him out in the postseason. Like it doesn't matter how well the Bucks play in the season. You get Brady into that position with the team around him that he's got. Like I, you just you can't bet against him. Even if you do bet against him, you, you're gonna lose. So so don't. Um, and also, I don't think the NFC South is particularly strong this year. Like Carolina are relying on Sam Darnold, and they didn't play that well last year. Atlanta haven't been great the last couple of years. You know, maybe they could rebound, but you know they haven't changed much to to rebound with. And New Orleans have gone from Drew Brees, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in NFL history. You know, a guy that arguably is in that top five conversation to Jameis Winston, a guy that you know, isn't awful, but isn't someone that you'd look at and think, you know, he's going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think he's ever been to the playoffs, except as a, as a backup for the last couple of years. So, straight away, it's like, last couple of years? Not last couple, just the last year. Anyway, straight away, it's like, they have that that easier route through with, you know, hopefully, or probably winning the division title. And then, you know, outside of Aaron Rodgers, and, I don't know, I forgot that point. I was going to say outside Aaron Rodgers, they don't have a big competition, but I think that actually they do because the Browns could be good this year. The Cowboys are looking all right. There is competition in the NFC, but I don't think the competition is as strict or as harsh as it has been over the last few years and definitely not as proven. So I just think I, you just can't bet against the Bucs and, and Brady. Uh, AFC, I'm tempted to go with the Chiefs because that seems like the logical pick. But I'm going to go for the Bills instead. I think Josh Allen is a superstar. They've just done a lot to build a team next to him. They signed Matt Breeder, which is a very underrated pickup. He's a great running back, and he should complement Devin Singletree quite well. And that's what they were missing in the playoffs as well, was a run game to sort of set the tempo. And outside of Josh Allen, they needed someone that could rush like that. Um, defensively, they're great. And, and they weren't far away from the Chiefs this year. Like... Are they, maybe they won't beat the Chiefs, but I don't think that I think they're a team that it could come down to one or two mistakes. You know, one bounce of the ball, one missed field goal or block punt or something like that, and then the Bills have a chance to win that game. And ultimately, you know, that's all that they they could need. So it's not it's not a bulletproof pick. It's not like a pick that that everyone's gonna turn around and be like, "Wow, I never thought of that." You're a genius, you know, wherever. But it's the pick that I think realistically could definitely happen. Maybe not the most likely, but but still. What about the Browns? <sighs> no. No, I mean, the Browns are good. And, and again, I don't think they're, I hate to say it, but I don't think they're far away from the Chiefs and the Bills at the top of the AFC or the Raiders. But I just... I just don't think they're old enough yet. I think they, they lack, like, Baker's still only fourth year, fifth year? Fourth year. Only fourth. Like, that's not old for a quarterback. They're relying on a running game. Fifth going into Ah, oh, I don't give a fuck. He's young. Sorry. I swear. They're relying on two running backs. One of them gets injured. That could blow it up. The O-line was good this year, but again, O-line men are like, you know, they're not bulletproof. I know I've said that word already, but I kind of like it today. So, O-line and bulletproof the receiver core, I don't think is as good as everyone says it's going to be. So, like, this isn't to, like, completely rain poop down on your parade, but it's, like, 
I don't think that the Browns are as good as, as we can make out make them out to be, especially not when you compare them against the Chiefs and the Bills. Sorry, I went on a bit long. Damn. You go. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying into the Browns. Uh, sorry, they had a good second half of the season. Uh, and I want to remind you that they lost like, what, 38-6 or something, first game of last season. Uh, so that team's coming back round. Um, I am not buying into Mayfield. Um, sorry. So sorry, chaps to break your heart. Uh, <laughs> don't go off now for a cry. Um, but yeah, no, I like the Bills. Um, I think that's a good pick. And I'm going to start off with, again, I've gone for the same approach of, I think, a lock, or not a lock, that might be a stretch too far, but a strong candidate, a sleeper and a super sleeper. Um, I've gone for Super Bowl rematch, Kansas City against the Bucks. It's just the obvious one. Like I've said, uh, Mahomes is going to be MVP this year. Uh, the Chiefs are going to be on like a reunion tour of like, just, they're just going to boss the AFC again. Um, and I do agree with the, what you said, Thorns, that the NFC doesn't seem as uh, as difficult, as challenging this year. I think the AFC is, has become the more difficult. Like It's very clear who the front runners are in the AFC. And there's more of them as opposed to the NFC. Um so I like the Chiefs, and yeah, you can't you can't bet against Brady, really. So I I think the Bucks will be will be back there, and it'll be a repeat. Um, and I agree with your point about the NFC South going down in in terms of um, difficulty. I think the, it's an easier division this year, and I think the Bucks will will actually win it this year as opposed to being that wildcard team. Uh, so that's my kind of strong candidate. My sleeper picks. I've gone for kind of two different teams for each of my picks uh, to try and keep it at least a little bit interesting. Um, I've copied you for the AFC Thorns, sorry, with Buffalo. Obviously, I picked Josh Allen as a sleeper pick for MVP, and I think if he is the sleeper pick for MVP and he does go on to achieve that kind of form, then obviously the Bills are going to follow him to the Super Bowl. Um, your QB is the most important player on your team, and if your player's getting MVP, you're at least getting to you know, the championship game, if not the Super Bowl. So I, I like the, the Bills for the AFC. And... Um, <laughs> Again, I guess following my pick for M- picks for MVP, Matt Stafford. I'm I've gone for the Bills against the Rams, which I think would be a, a hell of an exciting um, Super Bowl. Two fantastic offenses and two fantastic defenses. So um, it'll be really really interesting to see if both of those teams can get there. I really like the Rams this year, although Staley's left and obviously gone to be uh, HC at the Chargers. I like that that defense is still stacked. Like the talent is still there. It's not a defense that relies necessarily on scheme. I don't think you've still got the the playmakers in Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and those sort of guys. So I I, I like the potential there. And my super sleeper, um, we've talked about them kind of already for the NFC uh, Dallas. I, I think we'll have a good season. And I think if Dak and the kind of playmakers on that team can stay healthy, they stand a good chance against the Super Bowl. And uh, for the AFC, if they can make it work because the defense is naughty. Um, and the offense should be naughty. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens—they definitely stand a chance of getting there. Um, they're a team that's always going to be around the playoffs. Um, I saw, or oh, I was reading something the other day that was really interesting about um, whether or not the Ravens extend Lamar. Uh, and they went, and this article was basically saying that they should let him go. That he's got kind of like basically a a clock on on Lamar's career because he's at the minute he's a glorified running back 
and the passing isn't working as well as it should be, that um, he's got a time on his career. Like Cam's fallen off and it isn't the player that he was. RG3 obviously got hurt in his second season. So like there is a time on on a this, you know, style of QB. So it'll be interesting to see going forward what the Ravens do with Lamar. But for now, they are my super sleeper pick for um, potential potential uh, Super Bowl matchup, the Ravens versus uh, the Cowboys. Okay, nice one, gents. Can I, can I quickly just throw out a name that none of us have mentioned, but I think is a name worth considering, yeah. which is from the NFC, and it's the 49ers. I did think about the 49ers. Just because um, I know they were on my mind. They're a team that were hampered with injuries last year. Like, like there's being, well, there's not being hampered and there's being completely decimated with injuries like they were. And I just think, just just to throw it out there, just as a name, what, before we move on from this segment, I just think they're someone to keep in mind as a team that could, that could honestly bounce back. I know Jimmy G obviously has a ceiling and such, but, and they've obviously brought in their apparent their sort of apparent uh qb of the future but yeah it's, it's a name to keep in mind i'd say just on this section before we move away yeah i i agree with you i think they are there and i i quite like the fact that they've now got if you know garoppolo goes down they've got that potential qb there lance if he develops uh, with a, a full off season um with the team it'll be interesting to see going forward um but yeah like you said the 49ers were someone i considered but I, I don't know if I like a team that's inevitably going to rely on a rookie QB going all the way. Do you know what I mean? If if he had a year under his belt, I would say, yeah, maybe. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. But it's a good point. Right, on to the next kind of category. And we're going to link these two together. So feel free to chuck out both of your candidates for these guys or all your candidates if you have like obviously me with my sleeper and my super sleepers. Uh, we're going to put offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year uh, together. Um, obviously separate picks, so you don't have to pick your overall rookie of the year. They're still offensive and still defensive, like the NFL does at the NFL Honours. Um, so yeah, I, I want to hear your picks for each of those awards in this section, please. So Chapland, you're up first. Who are your picks? Yeah, so I said in my first round for the MVP... I didn't want to be boring, but that's because I know I'm going to be boring with this pick. Offensive MVP normally goes to a quarterback. That's the trend. Uh, and there's one quarterback that we know is a locked-in starter from day one. He got set the playbook before the draft, uh, apparently. And he he's going to be the starting QB. And as far as, like, obviously no, no, like, no player is perfect, but as far as everyone is aware... He's a fairly locked in, at least average cube. Like the worst I think you can be is an average starter in the NFL level. And that is Trevor Lawrence. Like absolute dynamic player. I was tempted obviously by Justin Fields as an Ohio State fan, but I don't know if he's going to be starting straight away. And I think obviously that can hamper him because they've got Dal uh, Dalton over there to, you know, uh, steady the ship for the time being. So I don't know if he's going to be a locked-in starter. So, yeah, I'm going to go with a boring pick. I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence. It's a fairly simple pick. I'm not going to talk about it too much. He's just someone I think that's going to start, going to play well. And a rookie QB playing well in the NFL normally tends to get the MVP. That's done and dusted. Uh, defensive MVP, 
it's a, it's a tough one. Like, I feel like just, I don't know if it's my bias as an offensive player, but I don't tend to think about defensive players too much. Um, I'm actually going to excite Fawnsy here a little bit with my, uh, with my pick. Uh, it's Moru, the, uh, the, the uh, safety playing for Vegas this year. Uh, just because I think safety is a position that can translate better from college to the NFL. I think there's a couple of positions that can be a lot harder to translate, but safety uh, is one of the ones that you can translate better. I think he's a perfect scheme fit for Vegas. We mentioned this at the time when they drafted him. He's a perfect scheme fit for the, for the Raiders. He's going to be a player that's going to start straight away. And he's a player that's going to have the chance to make plays in that defense. So, yeah, honestly, yeah, I, I think he's going to he's going to start and he's going to make plays. And just based off my maybe bias over defensive players and maybe me not being the biggest like splash on defensive players, but I don't think you see too many defensive ends come into the NFL and instantly make a splash unless they're like a top ten pick. And we didn't really have any of those this year. And I like, let's face it, like these offensive rookie and defensive rookie of the year sort of things tend to be a case of like stat stat battles, who can put up the best stats. And I think Morig can get, he can get a couple picks. He can make a couple forced fumbles. He's going to be someone back there who's going to make a few plays. And I think that puts him in a good position to go on the front foot and get the, uh, get the nod for uh, defensive rookie of the year. So yeah, those are my two picks. Not the most exciting, but they're two players who I think have very well, extremely good chances. Cool. Nice to see Mora get a shout out. I was actually going to put him in as well. So that's cool. I actually had another one lined up because I don't know why. I, I just did because I, I wanted to. Um, but I completely agree with Trevor Lawrence. I think as well, especially for the Rookie of the Year award, quarterbacks are given sort of 1.5 times value for how well they play. So like, obviously Justin Herbert was phenomenal this year, but he got it over Justin Jefferson. You could argue Justin Jefferson had a better season, but I think because Herbert was QB, he got it. Similarly, when Dak Prescott won it back in 2016, uh, Ezekiel Elliott had, a, again, a similar season to Justin Jefferson, and yet they gave it to Dak. I think because it's QB, it's such a hard position, such an important position, that they're given priority. That being said, you know, Lawrence, I think, could struggle a little bit in Jacksonville to the point where it might allow a non-QB to overtake him. Uh, the most obvious choice for this would be Kyle Pitts. Like, spoke about him last week, bash the pick, bash the pick a little bit. So if you want to call me a hypocrite, you can, but you won't technically be right because I didn't say it was a bad pick from a talent perspective, covering that base right now before any haters want to jump on the bandwagon. That's a cop-out. <laughs> it's not a cop-out. I mean, <laughs> it's not a cop-out. I don't think it's a cop-out because I think... Pitts is going to be awesome in Atlanta. Like, we've said this when it happened. It's just, like, Atlanta may win three games, but Pitts is still going to play well. That's not a prediction, but that, that's the that's the gist. Um, anyway, I think Pitts, is, he's going to put up, like, a 1,000 receiving yards, 10 touchdowns, something along them lines, because he's not necessarily a tight end. He's, he's a versatile weapon that can line up anywhere, make plays anywhere. He's 6'6", 250 pounds, runs a four... Five, four, four, forty, wherever it was, like that's that's nuts, and that sort of talent will always translate to the NFL to the point where he can make big plays and do great things. So, yeah, Pitts would be my pick for offensive. 
I have another guy that I think we should mention, but I don't know who you've chosen, Dan. So, uh, chuck it out. We'll see. Okay. Um, and then in another guy, just to quickly sort of tag on the end of that, would be Justin Fields. Like, I didn't want to put him as my first choice because I'm not sure if he'll win the starting job outright, which could hamper his progress winning to get to rookie of the year stage. Um, but I think if he wins the starting job, if he starts, 16 games, he could be the shoo-in to, to get it. So keep an eye on that. Defensively, Morig was, was an option. I think a, maybe a better option would be Jamin Davis out, uh, for Washington. He, to me, translates a lot like Darius Leonard, who was obviously the defensive rookie of the year a couple of years ago. Long, like lean build. And he's coming straight into a position of need for a very good defensive team, for a coach that's traditionally always trained up very good linebackers. It sort of seems like he takes all the boxes. And and like you say, Rookie of the Year awards are given a lot to guys that stuff the stat sheet and do that sort of thing. And playing middle linebacker, Davis is the kind of guy that could easily rack up 120, 130 tackles, you know, sacks, tackles for loss, fumbles, potentially get a couple of picks as well. Um so, yeah, I think Davis, and, and just to, to go on the back of what you said about Morick, I think he's coming into the ideal situation. You know, if he's not, if his injury history doesn't hold him up, he's the starting free safety. He's got a, a decent secondary around him, you can say. Um, I think as well, you know, the Raiders' offense is going to be amazing next year. So, the team's going to have to throw the ball a lot, and he'll have a lot of chances to make plays in the ball. And we'll end up on that point. I'm going to completely ignore the last thing you said. Um, <laughs> yeah, some good points. I, did, I didn't think about Jameen Davis uh, for a, a defensive rookie of the year, but you raised some good points about Ron Rivera and obviously that Luke Keekley uh, link and Thomas Davis and other guys like that. So, yeah, that'd be interesting uh, to look at going forward. Um, again, I'm going to rattle these off, but I've gone for kind of similar approaches to you guys. Offensive rookie of the year. Uh, obviously, like we said, normally is a, a shootout between the QBs um, or whatever QBs are doing all right as rookies. And I think if Trevor Lawrence obviously does all right, he's got the fact that he was the number one overall pick and he's a QB. So he, he's my kind of like strong candidate if it goes well. Uh, in a similar vein to the fact that Justin Jefferson should have probably won it last year. And that's coming from me as a Chargers fan, considering Justin Jefferson broke every, uh, oh, broke the receiving yards. Uh, record for a rookie. Uh, I'm going to go for Jamar Chase as my sleeper pick. Um, I think he's a really good shout. That connection between him and uh, Joe Burrow, he's going to get loads of targets. Um, he's that, an LSU receiver again, just like Justin Jefferson. And I just love the LSU receivers in general. Um, and I lost my final point of that argument. What was it? Oh, and also he's... Um, He's part of an offense where there's, it's not like he's the sole receiver, like Devontae Smith is going to be kind of the guy in the Eagles offense because there's not really much else after him. They've got Tyler Boyd um, and that's it. Uh, no, and T Higgins, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I I think Chase is kind of like a sleeper pick there. And uh, my super sleeper, I mean, a lot would have to happen for this guy to win it, but Traditionally, Offensive Rookie of the Year can be won or is more likely to be won by a running back as opposed to an MVP. Uh, so I've gone with Michael Carter uh, for the Jets, who I think uh, may well end up being their guy as the season goes on. And I think if he gets a nice stat line, uh, will be a really nice addition. We talked about him kind of in our draft recap last week. 
uh, about a guy that's potentially, you know, he's got a lot of talent there. So hopefully that can uh, transition nicely into the NFL. Uh, for Defensive Rookie of the Year, as we've already kind of talked about, Defensive Rookie of the Year, more so than Offensive Rookie of the Year, turns into a big stat battle. Uh, and I think Micah Parsons, uh, if he does win the starting job at uh, Dallas, is is going to rack up 100 tackles and, you know, force fumbles, blah, blah, blah. So I think he's probably a strong candidate for it. Uh, sleeper pick, uh, a guy that I'm really excited to see play in the uh, in the NFL, in the scheme that he's in, is Asante Samuel Jr. Um, really likely to get picks, the way that Brandon Staley plays his corners and things like that. Uh, we saw that with guys like John Johnson last year um, and more guys in that secondary of like Jalen Ramsey and a few more uh, guys further down the depth chart making plays because of the the really cool scheme that Brian, uh, Brandon Staley puts in place. So I think Asante Samuel Jr. can be in that conversation. And kind of my super sleeper, um, although I don't, these, all, these guys might all be on the same kind of level, depending on, you know, how well they, they hit their stats. But um, I've gone for Jalen Phillips as my super sleeper, um, who I think could be really nice. Traditionally, this award is won by defensive end and linebacker more than any other position and as a defensive end I think he can come into that Miami Dolphins uh, defense and if he stays healthy can get some nice numbers on the stat line uh, and has a really strong chance of getting the award Uh, so yeah kind of those are my candidates for offensive and defensive rookie of the year right on to our final category now and this is something a little bit different. Uh, I've called this Fantasy Sleeper, and it'll be interesting to see how you guys go about this, uh, whether you've done it as like a, a proper sleeper or whether you've gone for more someone that is well-known as a good player, but you wouldn't necessarily pick straight away uh, in in Fantasyland. Um because I know there's guys that are obviously elite receivers and, you know, pretty good running backs and guys like that that are just, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th round picks in your, in your fantasy drafts. Uh, so these are guys that we think you should be looking at this season uh, going forward for your for your fantasy draft. Uh, and yeah, and with that being said, the first person we're going to, Shapland. Thank you, Mr. Williams, for sending over the uh, the hot mic to me. Um, yeah, so for fantasy sleepers, uh, it's it's a tough one for me because, like I say, you've got people like Mr. Edward Fawns who has sort of the deep depths of knowledge about all the uh, more obscure players and everyone. Like I know he said last week, he picked a couple of fantasy sleepers straight off the bat when we were talking about the uh, draft. But um, yeah, so I'm going to go for someone who I've spoken about before. Not again, like you said, you said you weren't sure how we'd go for this. He's not necessarily a sleeper, but he's someone last year you could I picked up in the seventh or eighth round and was one of the best he was one of the better players in his position. And I think next year, if you're at the end of the first round in like a 10-man league, I think he might be someone worth a punt. And that person is DeAndre Swift, the uh running back out of Detroit. So the Detroit Lion player, uh, Mr. Swift, uh, is well, he's, he's, he's class. It took him a little while to win the starting job last year, 
but I think he's very much their designated striker, uh, striker, their designated starter. Uh, I'd call him a bit of a B-Tech Christian McCafferty. McCafferty? McCafferty? Uh, <laughs> I'd call him a B-Tech C-Mac, we'll put it that way. And yeah, so he's someone who's going to get a lot of passes out to him. I think it's a Detroit team that's not necessarily going to be in the lead a lot, so I think there's going to be a lot of uh, passing going on. However, I don't really trust uh, Jared Goff as a QB to sling it deep. I think he's going to be someone that's that they're going to be at like third and 10, third and 12, and he's going to be throwing a lot of like pops quick out the backfield to uh, Swift and just hoping he can make something of it. And that's something I think we'll see is going to be a large feature of that Detroit offense next year. Just a lot of Swift, just hoping hoping they can get something going just by chucking it down to Swift. Obviously, they got um, Pene which was a big pickup for them. So he's going to only help Swift's career, having a nice, big, strong, athletic freak of a lineman that he can have, he can have pulling in front of him. He can just be a lead blocker for him. But yeah, um, I think that everything's there for Swift to succeed. I almost think his situation in being in a team that's not amazing is going to help him more than anything. So, yeah, uh, not necessarily a sleeper, but someone who in this year's drafts might be a third-round pick. I think he has first-round value in fantasy this year, and I think you're going to see him going a lot in the third round. So he's a sleeper in that respect, in my mind. I think late first round, anywhere in the second round, pick him up if he's available. I know I'll be trying to. Maybe I shouldn't have aired my opinion on the podcast that everyone in my fantasy league probably listens to, all, all 10 of us. But uh, yeah, so probably shot myself in the foot there as he was a player who I relied on quite a lot. But yeah, thank you very much. That is my take, Mr. Williams. And I'd like to pass the uh, hot mic over to Mr. Edward Fawns in Vegas. For the record, I'm not in Vegas. I'm, I'm in Norwich. You know, tough to tell the difference sometimes. I know, but yeah, I don't. I definitely don't have the sun cream to be in, to be in Vegas, anyways. Pink like a lobster. Um, I'm gonna carry on from what you said, Shaps, and also what you said, Dan. Kind of a double whammy of, of follow-ons. I'm gonna stick with the running back position because I think that in PPR leagues, point per reception. If you're not in the know. Uh, running backs are incredibly valuable, um, even more so than receivers, which is really weird to think about, but actually actually makes sense because running backs can get three, four receptions easily and that it just adds up and they get rushing yards too. I'm not going to go into that because we, well, there's no point. Anyway, I'm following on for you, Dan, because I was going to go for Michael Carter as well as my fantasy sleeper. I think he's perfectly positioned in New York to be the receiving back, like to say PPR leagues, he's going to be there getting all those points, wrecking it up for a young QB as well. He's that option, that that dump off, and I think I watched Carter in the in the Senior Bowl, and he was just so good. Like he's one of those guys that just is so hard to tackle, and that's an that's a trait that he, that translates. Like Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, two guys that were brilliant at it in college, coming to the NFL, and they do exactly the same. Um, so since you've kind of spoiled that one, <clears throat> another guy that I think could have, like, I don't even think he's going to be. He'll be a sleeper. And then by week three, people will be scrambling to get him if they haven't already got him. And that's Mike Davis in Atlanta. He was so good last year as a backup for Christian McCaffrey. He was good in Seattle, but he didn't really have the opportunity. He went to Chicago for a little bit. Again, didn't really play much. The Chicago offensive line wasn't great. 
but he was he was electric in Carolina. He he probably was a starter for a lot of people last year. And if you didn't, if you lost track of him or you didn't see where he went in free agency, he went to Atlanta. He's a starting running back. He can do everything. And his competition at the moment is Cordero Patterson. Like that's not competition. Cordero Patterson, awesome special teamer, but as a running back, no. And so he's someone that can easily get five plus receptions, someone that can easily get 80 plus rushing yards, easily get one or two touchdowns a game. And that straight away is like 40, 20, like 20, 25 points a game. Like, and that, and as a running back, what more could you ask for to get that consistently? Um, you could ask, you know, is, is the Atlanta offense good enough? Are they going to be playing from ahead enough to, to pick up their running back? With a guy like Davis, I don't think it matters because he's going to get receptions. He's going to run through the tackles in the early game and then and then yeah just keep catching it as the game goes on so again a bit like Shaft is like I didn't want to talk about it because I know you know the amount of people listening to this podcast he's going to be flying up draft boards now but you know I think he he, he could be the biggest fancy sleeper of this year so I had to take him onto yourself Daniel uh, yeah that's a great pick Thorns um it makes a lot of sense. And it wasn't even a case that Mike Davis came in and was just like a rusher. Like he literally filled that role that McCaffrey played in that offense, which was a pass catcher as well. Um, so definitely something that's, I mean, it's a really exciting pickup for Atlanta that's kind of slid under the radar. Mike Davis is is a good player uh, for a cheap price. It'll be interesting to see what he can do this season in the real world, <laughs> as well as fantasy, uh, as well as the fantasy world. Um, nice. I was also going to go running back. Um, but seeing as you've both gone running back, I will probably go for a receiver as well. The running back that I would have gone for, I don't know how much of a sleeper he is, uh, was Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. I think is a guy that's just going to rise uh, and be amazing in his soft man year um, <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, he, was, uh, he was my tandem starter. It was uh, Taylor and Swift. Oh, there you go. Taylor Swift. Shows how bad my early Swift is your running back tandem. Yeah, shows how bad my early round picks panned out for running backs, but... I love the wise edge. Oh, Taylor Swift. I was just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Go oh, home, God. Daniel. Go home. Me? Oh, God, that took you way too long. Right, anyway, yeah, I would have picked... Just, just um, shake it off, shut. <laughs> oh, God, go home. Stop, um... stop. <laughs> uh, right. Um... <laughs> oh, and everyone breathe. Uh, I was going to go Jonathan Taylor Swift for um, my sleeper pick for fantasy. Uh, someone that I think is only going to get better. He showed us in the last kind of like eight, nine weeks of the season last year how good he was in, in real terms uh, as a rusher. And I think he's going to continue to grow in the past game. They have brought Marlon Mack back. So it'll be interesting to see how that combination works. But, you know, I, I, I like Jonathan Taylor. Um yeah, my actual pick, excuse me, after I uh, pass gas, uh, is a receiver that's been, he was underrated last year, and I think a lot of people picked him up in late rounds, and he was very consistent throughout the season. And now he's back with a guy that uh, he was his favorite target uh, when they worked together before. Uh, I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson, the receiver at Carolina, who is my uh, sleeper pick. He had a very good year last year um 
lots of receptions. I think he was in the 90s receptions-wise and things like that, especially if you're playing in a PPR league. Those receptions are important. It was double what he had before when he was with the Jets, but that was a terrible Jets team with a terrible O-line and not much else other than kind of Robbie Anderson. I think the next best receiver on the team was Quincy Anunwa uh, at the time. So, you know, Robbie Anderson was carrying that offense by himself um, and, and Lev Bell was there and he wasn't even doing anything. So... I really like Robbie Anderson as a player. Um, I think he's going to continue to grow. And like I said, he was Sam Darnold's favorite target when they were together with the Jets. And I think now that Sam Darnold has got more offensive weapons to play with, I think he's still going to lean on Robbie Anderson, but it frees Robbie Anderson up a bit more than when he was with the Jets. Uh, so I think Robbie Anderson, yeah, for lots of receptions, um, red zone target, tall guy, you know, because those touchdowns are important. I know, I really sold that one. Um, he's tall. He, they're all bloody tall. Um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. But, you know, he, that connection's going to be there. And I, I think it'll be a really good pick. And I think that's a genuine sleeper because I think he's someone that, depending if you play in PPR or if you play uh, the normal one, uh he's going to be sliding down because people need to take running backs because there's only so many running backs as opposed to the millions of receivers you get. So yeah, I, I like Robbie Anderson. Uh, and that concludes, thanks gentlemen, concludes our way too early predictions for some awards and different things for the 2022 season. Uh, with that being said, we head over to the Quizmaster General. I'm too nice to you, I swear. I give... <laughs> uh. Right. Anyway, over to Shabs. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Williams, for that introduction. Um, even though it did have a bitter taste in your mouth, as I could uh, tell. You <laughs> nincompoop. Um, right. So last week I asked the uh, listeners of the of the Empty the Play. <laughs> I almost forgot our name. The listeners of the Empty the Playbook podcast. I asked you all uh, which. Uh, NFL player uh, was a starter in last year's Super Bowl despite being drafted in the last pick of their draft. The Mr. Irrelevant, as it's so often uh, cliched and called. Uh, well, that player I can now reveal was Ryan Suckup. The, uh, the kicker for the Buccaneers uh, was a Mr. Irrelevant. Kind of a cheesy answer because obviously when you think of football players, no one really thinks of kickers and punters. No offence to Pat McAfee, who I know has obviously been keen to work in tandem with us. I know it's all for the brand. Don't worry. I was just making a joke. Um, anyway, so this week's question, after that excitement, this week's question goes on to uh, relocation. So you might have noticed throughout the podcasts, I mentioned the uh, the last uh, the, the, the uh, Raiders strippers uh, from Las Vegas and their constant movement. You know, maybe Derek Carr leaves to find an actual constant place where he can live without moving every five weeks. Right, yeah, so just a little bit of history about Oakland. Uh, they started in Oakland in the, in the, I don't know if they were in the Coliseum. Uh, they started in Oakland, moved to LA, failed in LA. Well, not that they had much success in Oakland anyway. Moved back to Oakland, uh, played in the worst stadium in the NFL again. And then now they're now in the home of the strippers, Fawnsy's favourite place to be, uh, Las Vegas. 
So obviously that's quite a lot to jump about for a franchise, trying to settle down their roots and get fans structured there. So my question to you is, other than the uh, than the Las Vegas Raiders, as they are now, it still doesn't sound right saying it, other than the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, which other NFL team has done the most moving about in the NFL? Which franchise has relocated the most? And bonus points, if you can, if you can uh, sort of name, if like I said, feel free to DM the uh, podcast with your guests, uh, with your guesses. But yeah, if you can guess which which team has had the uh, the most movements in tandem with Oakland, Oakland, I said it again. Which which team has had the most movement in tandem with Vegas? Uh, yeah, guess that. And if you can name the uh, places they've moved to and from, bonus point for you. Congrats. Uh, that was a long-winded way of saying which team has moved the most. Um, <laughs> uh, I remember being your question segment. <laughs> my question section would be about three minutes long. Um, and I'd have about 40 questions. No, I, I'm chatting out my backside, obviously. Um, what else is new? Um, yeah, so we're looking for, obviously, which team has moved the most, and that'll be their, like, team name as opposed to their city. So, for example, would be the Raiders or, you know, the Cardinals, whatever. That was the first team that came to my head. Um, but yeah, so excited to hear your guesses. Right, we come to the end of another exciting episode here. Um, we will catch you all next week for some more um, NFL content where we are going to start tearing apart each division and uh, each team's off-season work and have a look at them going forward into the 2022 season but that's next week uh so thanks for listening this week and uh we'll catch you all soon have a nice week chaps thank you very much mr daniel williams i hope you have a wonderful week mr daniel williams and uh, mr edward fawns you as well <laughs> yeah Ed- edward thorns you as well thank you thanks for having me and um, see everyone next next week. If you back, <laughs> they'll be back. Uh, nice one, everyone. Have a good week. Follow us on Instagram. Stay safe. Peace. Dance.